listeners, welcome to D Bronx Podcast. It is uh, Massacre Monday following a Broncos excruciating loss to the Kansas City Chiefs in Denver, no less. Uh, can't can't help but feel a little bit a little bit of bad taste in the mouth after this one. Uh, my name is Austin. I'm joined here with Ian. What's going on, man? And Kevin. Howdy, gents. So. Uh, obviously, this was a tough loss. 43-16 wasn't close. There was no contest in this, really. Um, I know we were kind of talking off-air uh, just about a few things, a few points and things with this game. Uh, and, yeah, I'm just going to just kind of get the, the feel of the room, first of all. Kevin, let's start with you. Uh, please do whatever you can to talk me off the ledge yeah. here because this this team looks looks bad. Go ahead. All right. Well, I'll start with the you know the the, the helicopter view, and I'm going to touch on a theme that I talked about a, a few weeks ago, which is you know the Broncos are a fractured organization, you know, because we don't have leadership to speak of. There's no direction. It's a rudderless ship, um, and that's apparent based on the product we've seen on the field for the last five years. So since 2016, we've been a non-playoff team. Now now we're going to – this is going to be the fifth straight year out of the playoffs, fourth straight year most likely with, with, a, with a losing record. Um, this is the worst five-year stretch the Broncos have had in 50 years. You have to go back to the 1960s to have this level of poor play, poor record, consistently substandard product. So it is frustrating. Um, that is bad. Very, 60s. very frustrating. So, you know, yesterday's game, in my mind, was a microcosm of what's been wrong with this team for the last five years. If something can go wrong, it goes wrong. Whether it's talent, coaching, bounce of the ball, Bad call by the referee, although I didn't see that in this game. Things just go wrong. This is what happens to losing franchises. We outgained the Chiefs by 120 yards. Does it matter? No, it doesn't matter because we turned the ball over five times. We have five yeah. penalties to their didn't one penalty. Matter. Our special teams break down. McManus, McMoney, the strongest leg in the league, or one of the strongest, and we're playing around and kicking it short for coverage. And what do they do? They run uh, a kickoff all the way back. You know, that's just – that's what happens to Broncos teams now. Um, yeah. So, it's frustrating. You know, the Always de- kick for the touchback. The defense once again stepped up. We're playing a juggernaut on the other side of the ball. And, oh, by the way, Mahomes didn't look that great. He didn't really look that good. No. He, he was throwing a bunch of bad passes. But he's here's an the, average quarterback in this game. Here's the difference: his receivers were catching the ball, making good plays. <laughs> Offensive coordinator was calling a great game, had a great uh, game plan. On our side of the ball, our receivers weren't getting open. They weren't making the tough catches, and our play calling once again was really questionable. So now you have a a quarterback who's trying to establish some consistency, having a real tough time with the players around him. He's in his own head. He can't get any momentum going. So it, it, it was just ugly to see. I mean, I don't think talent-wise the Chiefs are head and shoulders above us, but they're better than us in terms of execution, in terms of preparation, in terms of mindset. 
in terms of scouting department, in terms of ownership, all these things add up. And yep. there's a huge separation right now. When you yep. sum total what's going on with the Chiefs and what's going on with the Broncos. And right now we are clearly the worst franchise in our division. And it's not one thing that's going to need to change to turn this around. It's going to be a lot of things. Um, but, you know, I, I, I can talk about some <laughs> positives. I just had to get that off my chest. Uh, but kudos to the defense for continuing to play hard. Um, and uh, it, it, this is a game where the score, uh, as lopsided as it was, we weren't beaten that bad. You know, we were beaten more by ourselves than we were by the Chiefs, which, again, has been That's correct. fairly yes. typical over the last several years. Um, Just quick interjection. I know you kind of mentioned about execution. Execution was the biggest – I know, Ian, you kind of mentioned, and you can kind of get into this too, obviously. Uh, your thoughts are, you know, may differ a little bit in this regard. But I know you mentioned, you know, Shermer has to go when we were talking off air. And – I thought that I thought this was much more, much more execution than it was necessarily play calling. Um, it's just the the execution by this team is is non-existent. It just doesn't exist most of the time. Mm-hmm. Even last week, we got a win uh, against the Patriots, but he saw this week maybe that was a much emptier win than we thought it was. Mm-hmm. Um, number one and number two, we still didn't score a touchdown in that game. We we still weren't executing in that game. So. We escaped with a win at best. Um, Ian, go to you. What what kind of kind of get the overall feeling from you? Um, it's the worst game I've seen Drew Locke play in his short career. Um, I know mm-hmm. it's only you know ninth start. Um, it's you know it's kind of discouraging. I mean, I like the whole you know gunslinger mentality even though he didn't really do it too much in this game more of those you know those uh, always throwing the out routes i don't know what was going on there um never use the middle of the field that's where the chiefs beat everybody's in the middle of the field we, we could beat people i mean we got two tight ends you know one fans he's a little injured um oka Oko, i think i got it right this time um hey nice job he uh i don't know that better that than, right. I'm be- better than harlan i'll tell you that um <laughs> Okanami or whatever he was calling him. Uh, no, I know someone was saying a Quag Banam. Yeah, it was. It was. Yeah, which actually might. I mean, it's O K W U E G. I think it's Okan B M. He needs to change his name. So it might be a Quag Banam. But anyway, we just need to hear him saying it. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So um, wild card until then. I still think he. I mean, he he made a couple good plays. Um, obviously, he knows Locke very well. Um, I was, I'm going to hit more on the, uh, on the positives. Uh, I like what I saw out of Draymond Jones coming back. Yeah, he looked good. He looked good. I liked what I saw from Shelby Harris. I like what I saw obviously from, uh, Bradley Chubb. Um, the mm-hmm. defense sacked Malik Reed. Malik Reed. Reed. Yeah. Malik Reed. We might even <laughs> buy Vaughn. <laughs> um, uh, no, I'm just joking, but be premature. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. <laughs> <clears throat> but, um, but, you know, we got after Patrick Mahomes. He looked uncomfortable in the pocket, sacked him four times. He'd only been sacked eight times in the other games that he played. We sacked mm-hmm. him four times. Um, but then again, he didn't really need to do anything because we kept on giving them points. We gave them, what, 
We basically handed them twenty. We, we like twenty one points. points. We we handed them twenty one points. Yeah, I mean, we outscored. I mean, we we outperformed them not offensively, defensively. We we did everything really. It was just like Kevin said, what can go wrong will go wrong. It was those ones that, you know, the Melvin Gordon pitch over the head, Melvin Gordon fumble, the off the, the onside kick that went, didn't even go 10 yards. They went seven yards and they picked it up on always ran it for a touchdown. Mm-hmm. I mean, we just, I mean, it's just, it's boneheaded plays. And I know what you're saying. Like the whole thing about Pat Shermer is like, I don't think, I think we kind of moved away from uh, Rich Scangarello a little too early. Um, but you know that's either here nor there because I think I think under Rich, Drew Lock played better than he's well, obviously than he's been playing under Pat Shermer. Um, I still don't think it's slight. Still don't think Slightly. Vic Fangio is a, a head coach. He's better in the booth. But uh, I mean, other than that, I mean, it was just you just you know, apparently the Broncos can't play in snow and. I mean that's that's the wrong uh, demographic. That's the wrong area in this in this uh, in this country to not know how to play football in the snow. You're in Denver. So in addition to everything else, we're going to need to build a new domed stadium. Something. <laughs> Something. <laughs> I don't foresee that happening anytime <laughs> soon. And then we get, and, but, the, and then Mike Purcell goes down with a season in an injury. That's I great. Know. I had to have another one. Another, another one. one. Have he another was a bright one. spot for us too. Of course. Oh yeah. Yes. Well, that's that's how you know they're going to get injured is if they're a bright spot, they're they're done. It's just a it's just a countdown. Oh yeah. You ever- Lindsay, <laughs> by the way, Lindsay once again looked fantastic, <laughs> but gets injured. Uh, we haven't had a game this year where Gordon and Lindsay both played together the full game. No. Yeah. Not a whole game. Not no. one. No. I wonder, you know, I always wonder this. Do you think Nick Vanette or Deshaun Hamilton, do you think they'll ever get injured? No, not because they're trash. They don't, it's because they're trash. They don't try to catch the ball. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to get injured when you lack effort. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> or lack anything. You, they don't, when you lack effort and talent. When he caught, yeah. when Deshaun Hamilton uh, you're not going to be ball, in position. To when get Deshaun Hamilton and Nick Vanette caught that ball, I almost dropped the controller out of my hand because Nick Vanette Dude. caught the ball and he ran like eight yards, but it was the slowest eight yards I'd ever seen in my entire it life. Was, it was very slow. It was that dude has got to be below six second forty. He's like he's dude. like four eight four nine. He's not a fast tight end. Yeah, there's, there's people in wheelchairs that can move faster than that. <laughs> <laughs> in walkers, man. <laughs> I'm telling you. I so I mean I mean I'm I'm kind of in the same wavelength you guys are. I was hoping one of you guys would talk me off the ledge, but that doesn't sound no, like we're that's all happening. three on the ledge. Um, where <laughs> the whole team is on the damn ledge. Let's just say that. Um, yeah, I think this proves the gap between the Chiefs and the Broncos is maybe a lot larger than we thought it was. Um. And it's not necessarily because of the talent gap being so much larger, Correct. as you were saying, Kevin. Coaching the talent, the talent gap is 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 there. Can't say that it's not there, but it's not as large. It's not forty three to sixteen large. Right. It's not. Um, and whether that's the coaching, the execution, the leadership in the building overall, um, 
whatever that stems from uh, has to be corrected quickly. Now, 43-16 looks like, and, and we've kind of touched on this, looks like the defense did terrible. That's that's what it would look like. But the defense was the bright spot. They gave up 286 yards of total defense against a, a stacked, loaded Chiefs team that just, just pours yards and big plays on everybody they face. And so we were able to to do that. I mean, we got we even got a couple turnovers. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, forced fumbles such and such to to give our offense a chance, but of course we cannot capitalize. We'll give it right back. Um and it, it's 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 mind-boggling how we've turned into this team that is just it we are the epitome like you guys are saying the epitome of Murphy's law like just put the 2020 Denver Broncos on as the poster child for that law as the definition for that law it's unreal i i i mean i i can't tell you how many times i was watching this game it was just like this is unreal like i can't believe what i'm watching like I cannot believe what I'm watching. The bright spots were, as you guys were talking, and as we kind of mentioned, defense. It was great to have certain guys back. It was great to have Draymond Jones back. It was great to have A.J. Boye back. I mean, yeah, I forgot to mention didn't him. throw for a lot of yards. You know, I mean, uh, neither did Cam Newton last week, but I think this week maybe nullifies how big of a win that might have been um, after seeing them only score three points against the 49ers um, and see Cam Newton just – Get benched. What? Yeah, but get benched, benched three picks, 90-something yards or whatever, and, and what, a half, maybe a half of football? Yeah. And so, I mean, maybe that nullifies how big of a win we thought that was. Um, But in any case, this week wasn't against somebody who is, like, hot and cold like Cam Newton. This, is, this was against Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs offense defending Super Bowl champions. Uh, and... We didn't give up a lot of yards. We didn't give up a lot of yards through the air. We didn't give up a lot of yards on the ground. We 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 held our own on defense until late in the game. I think the team just got deflated. The defense just got deflated, and who could blame them? And, and oh, and oh, by the way, we held our own on offense. If it wasn't for all the turnovers, we had four hundred. <laughs> we had four hundred and eleven yards. I mean, we, we had, had a lot of yards. We had the some gr- of that was garbage time, but we had some the ground. We had time. the Greg like, five point four yards. A game. I mean, Philip Lindsay. Our offense, I think, runs through Philip Lindsay, and so when he's not in there, you see a distinct shift in the game. He was only in the game. He had 14 snaps, nine carries, 79 yards. The offense runs through him. If he's not in the game, I mean, you see what happened. I mean, you know, whether it's Melvin or whatever, whether it's just finding having better vision. I don't know, but. There's something about when he's on the field, he's a, the offense he's a just plug. looks so much better. The offense moves. He's he's a spark. And I, I mean, I said this when we signed Melvin Gordon that I thought it was a mistake, and and it's that's exactly what it's turning out to be. Again, not to say that he's a terrible running back, but he's an average running back. He's not at explosive. Best. He's not. He's not. He doesn't, he's not have, he doesn't have anything that like Philip Lindsay has. I mean, geez, Fumble, fumbling size. has been an issue throughout his whole career. So yeah, this is yeah, not going something back that's to when new. he was a Badger. Yeah, this is not something new with him fumbling the ball. You know, again, I if you had signed Melvin Gordon for cheap and gave given Lindsay the big money, 
sure, I'd be fine with that. But signing Melvin Gordon to a big contract was just another in an unfathomably large list of bad moves by uh, GM John Elway. Um, <laughs> and again, maybe that's leadership. He doesn't have anyone to hold him accountable with these kind of moves. Um, like anyone, anyone on the planet would be like, yo, don't, don't do that. You already got your running back. Sign him. You could ask anyone, Broncos country, anyone, whether or not he should sign Melvin Gordon, and it would have been an easy, not for that kind of money, not for that kind of money. Like, sure, if you want to have him as your backup to Lindsey or as kind of a two-headed but still let Lindsey kind of lead the rush, sure. But $8 million a year for a guy that not even the Chargers wanted? Didn't we sign that guy from ODU? Run him back. <clears throat> uh, ODU is it? I think it was ODU? ODU. I forget his name. I think it's from ODU. We signed a guy to the practice. Yeah, squad. that's the guy from ODU. Uh, I thought the, the I I'm I'm sorry. I'm not sure what the guy. I mean, the guy from ODU that's being talked about is Travis Fulgham. No, that's the wide receiver. The this guy was a running back. I yeah, I had no idea from ODU. Mm-hmm. That's news to me. Um, I, I know I mentioned him last week but right. i had no no clue that he was from odu which old which is old dominion university for for listeners norfolk virginia where i'm um, currently at where he's yeah <laughs> where, where ian lives at so um and which we all all three of us have lived at at one point in our lives or another oh yeah um so it's kind of the it's kind of a local school so um but in any case offense runs through Lindsay. Uh, offensive line, you were digging into this a little bit more off the air, Kevin. Our offensive line, outside of, surprisingly, Garrett Bowles. Garrett Bowles is a top, top left tackle in the league this year. Number one. Number one, I think we found out by Pro Football Focus. But the rest of our offensive line has just looked... Trash. At least, at least, at least, at the very least, looking talking about the eyeball eyeball test, at the very least in pass blocking. There's been times where, at least when Lindsey's in the game, the pass blocking looks a lot better. Maybe Lindsey just has that effect, uh, makes them look better than they are. But in pass blocking, they've been they've been atrocious, and they've been atrocious all year, um, whether that's against the blitz or even against four-man rushes. I mean, I don't know. There's just so many, so many negatives about this game that, and we haven't even we haven't even talked about Drew Locke and uh, the play of the wide receivers really. Um, and I I think that's probably where we want to turn our attention to now. Uh, I know we we I, th- I think it was last week or maybe the week prior. Uh, we talked about hey you know what is you know with with the games up to this point has your tune changed on your thoughts about Locke as a potential franchise quarterback? I'm not gonna ask the same question. Um, I don't want to just be redundant in that way. Uh, but we do got to talk about Drew Locke and his performance in this game. Um, Ian, let's start with you on this. Drew Locke, <clears throat> uh, the numbers weren't pretty, had two picks, uh, finished, I, I, I think it was 54% completion percentage, something like that. Not, not, not great. a good completion percentage. What were your thoughts about Locke in this game? I mean... We can't we can't try to paint it up as he played well, but I mean, no, no, what do you think about? Uh, he played he played absolutely terrible. I think some of it was play calling, uh, some of him trying to do too much. Um, and, and I've I listened to a couple other people that are in the Broncos community. It seems 
I feel like he's he tries too hard when he plays the Chiefs because that was his childhood team. Like I feel like he gets wrapped up in that whole like, oh, I'm gonna take down my team. I'm gonna beat the Darth Vader of of uh, Chiefs Nation or whatever. And mm-hmm. he's I, I, he just he's making he's not he's not progressing with his reads. Um, and I said I'm not. I said, do I think Drew Locke can be the franchise quarterback for this team? I do, but. I'm starting to get worried, but I'm also one of those cats that doesn't think that, like, oh, this guy's only played nine games in his entire career, and we're like, oh, let's tank for Trevor Lawrence or something like that. You know that you know never who who knows that guy might not even work out. Um, you know, because a lot because a lot of fans, as soon as you don't have instant gratification, we're like, yeah, get rid of him. I'm like, no, you got to let a guy, you know, get his, you know, get his feet in the NFL a little bit. I mean, especially. When there was no offseason. Now, I know a lot of people will be like, well, there was no offseason for uh, Herbert. And that guy's <laughs> torching everybody. And he's about to come in here. And, oh, I don't know about that one. That guy's looking pretty good. But he, he, he just. A number of young quarterbacks. He's, he, that, well. that, that, Drew Locke, not that, one of them. That Herbert guy's loose. But I'm encouraged that he doesn't seem to get down on himself. Um, cause a lot of quarterbacks would have just been like, you know, boo, 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 and cried about it. He, you know, when he had the press conference, he, you know, he said, uh, basically he's like, I can't wait to not have this conversation with y'all anymore. And he goes, I know I can do better and I will do better. So that gives me, I mean, he, he doesn't seem like he's getting down on himself and stuff like that, but as a pro, that was his worst performance that I've seen. He hasn't looked very good this entire year, which it could be some him, some Pat Shermer, some play calling, obviously execution. But um, I still have hope for Locke. I want him to work. You got, I, yeah, like uh, I think Vic Fangio said, you got. He's got to play the rest of the entire year, and then at the end of the year, that's when you evaluate. You know, okay, is this our dude, or is it not? You got to give him the, the rest of the year. I mean, because yeah. I mean that's what I, I you just got to give him more games in like nine and be like it's not like it's not like the Paxson Lynch experiment where you got where you knew the guy had all the talent but the guy was scrambled in the brain like he had no brains he had all the talent in the world but he had zero brains Locke has the brains the talent and the swagger to gel a team <clears throat> and he needs to become a leader because you know people are starting to chirp on that sideline and. You don't want it to turn into a full-blown, you know, you know, SHIT show. Yeah, I, I feel you. Kevin? So, um, my feelings about Locke haven't changed. Um, I didn't think he looked as bad as others. Now, some of that is just I'm looking through it. I'm looking at the game through my own sort of prism right i like the guy i have a tendency to give Rose him the benefit of glasses as some people would well say. i like i yeah i have a tendency to give him the benefit <laughs> of the doubt plus i'm looking at the bigger picture we've had a horrible offense now going on five years nothing's really changed with with drew lock yeah. we haven't regressed but it, it's not like you know he stepped in like mahomes did stepped into an all-star caliber team 
or Lamar Jackson with great coaching, great talent all around him. I mean, imagine if Locke was the quarterback of the Chiefs or one of these other teams with established offensive coordinators, veteran quality offensive line where he had protection, he had all the benefits that accrue to some of these other quarterbacks. Are so you want him better. to be a good starter, not a franchise guy that raises the, the room around him? No, I want him to be a franchise guy. But he's nine yeah. games into his career, and we've done nothing to really help this guy. It, it, he doesn't have an offensive line. He may have one of the worst pass-blocking offensive lines in the league, other than Bowles. But are the, the guard and the center are sieves, the defensive line is putting pressure right up the middle. Even Tom Brady looks bad when you're putting pressure up the middle consistently. So, and, and as a... Yeah, but he doesn't uh, consistently look bad. That's a that's greatest quarterback of all time. We, that's a whole another conversation. Right, but, but so, you know, quarterbacks need time to develop. Some are quicker than others. Um, and I think that Locke given the right set of circumstances, um, can be a franchise quarterback for us. But given our current offensive scheme, players, I don't know if there's a lot of quarterbacks that would look great playing for Denver right now. Sure, some of these veterans have been in the league for multiple years and probably look better than Locke, no question. But a lot of these younger guys, I mean, the norm is for young quarterbacks to struggle for a while. But we've seen some guys just come out and just jettison, you know, and become all pros right away. And, well, it's not going to happen with Locke. It's not going to happen on this team. Um, but there is enough positives with Locke for me to believe that he, the potential is still there. I think he's a fighter. He's got the, he's got the arm talent. He's got to get his head straight. But he's going to need some help, man. An offense is a system. It's not one guy. He's not good enough to just put the team on his back and make it happen. Not in his ninth game with a second offensive coordinator. Not going to – no. And, Expecting and six, too much. And actually, six well, OCs in the last six years, dating back to yeah. Missouri. But that's that's not specifically Drew Locke. Um, I mean, I, 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 I don't disagree with your points, uh, but we do tend to have a double standard. Um, we do tend to have a double standard that when it's a high, high, high drafted guy or someone we we are on board with, uh, we tend to make these, we tend to make these exceptions. We, oh yeah, we can let him struggle. That's that's the expectation. But then other guys, we don't, we don't want to let struggle. Um, and that's and that's around the league. That's regardless of you know Broncos or whatever the case is. You just you see that all the time. And so I think I think there needs to be a correction to the double standard. Uh, but in, in in the same way, um, I'm not out on Drew Locke. Let me, so let me let me let me say that right now. I'm not out on Drew Locke. But uh, let's let's look at some of these numbers. You're, you're saying you're saying like, oh, I don't think anyone would would be good, other than like certain veterans and stuff like that. Um, you know, it, it'd be hard pressed for anyone to succeed. But we were talking about when we came into the season. All right, hey, now there's not going to be any excuse for Drew Locke. Like, oh, we went out and got these guys, and we improved this, and we improved that, and now we drafted these guys. And so we're like, oh, we literally said on this podcast, if Drew Locke doesn't succeed, he's got no excuse. But now he's not succeeding, and we're giving him the excuses. Um, not to say that those reasons are invalid, 
Because again, I I agree with you. I just don't I don't like the double standard that we have. And not, I don't say we as in D Bronx podcast, but the double standard that we as football fans have. Football fans in general have this double standard with these in these situations. And so, if a guy struggles and you're going to say he's got no excuse to struggle, then let's not make excuses for when he struggles. Uh, in the same way, if another guy's in the exact same circumstances and he struggles, but he wasn't a high drafted guy or whatever the case is, we can't be like, oh, well, yeah, well, he's not it, clearly. It's just too many double standards. But um, who I think, has the double standards? Who are you talking about? Paint a picture. I don't just, know what you're I, saying. I was I was talking about football fans in general. Well, give me an example of of double standards with well, quarterbacks, I, I, or lay it out for me. I'm confused. The, the the one the one example I can think of within Broncos country recently, or you know, in this stretch, was Trevor Simeon. That was the one example that I had. Is as soon as he started struggling because he wasn't struggling for a long time. As soon as he started struggling, we're like, hey, we need to move on from him right away. We have a high draft guy. Let's get the high draft guy in there who was absolute trash. That's just that. that and But that's that's not just that's not the one one off case. That's just the Broncos. Well, country technically, a lot of people case. right now in Broncos country are asking for Drew Locke's head. <laughs> of course, which, again, I'm not saying that's I'm saying that we can't have the double standard. That that's 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 what I'm saying. I'm not saying one side is right and one side is wrong. I'm saying if you have a side, stick with it. Like if you think that a quarterback needs to be able to struggle through his struggles, okay, that should go for so, any so, quarterback. So 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 you're saying on the so alternative. You, so you don't have a finish. double standard because the you're al- given. Let me finish. Okay. The alternative side, if a guy is uh, doing well and they hit a slump or whatever, and you say that hey, that's not the guy, then you should have that standard with with other quarterbacks as well. I don't know what you're referring to because I wanted Simeon to continue in the same way that right now I want Drew Locke to continue. As I prefaced this whole point that I'm making, I'm not out on Drew Locke. I'm not someone who thinks that he should be benched. I'm not someone who thinks that we should move on from him right now. I think that 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 is a real thing, that young quarterbacks have to struggle through their issues. The problem with Drew Locke is we didn't have the beginning time of of seeing him flourish and then hit a wall. You know, flourish for lack of a better term, not necessarily flourish in the sense of light the world on fire, but do really well, then hit a wall. He's just been on that wall his entire short starts. Again, let me re- reiterate this so that it's not misconstrued later. I'm not out on Drew Locke, and I think that he should start the rest of the season, as Ian was saying. And we'll judge. We'll we'll make it. We'll make more of a judgment at the end of the season, not nine games in. You know. You know the, So the, so I want. Go ahead. You know the only way that I'd be out on Drew Locke, really the only way I'd be out on Drew Locke, as if at the end of the season, the Packers losing the playoffs, and they decide to go a different direction. Oh. And Elway was like, I think I can do this again Let's get Aaron and Rogers. bring Aaron Rodgers here. <laughs> well, no doubt. <laughs> that would be, all right, I'm talking about best case in the world scenario that's, of all time. Yeah, that's, that's not a happening thing. <laughs> I mean, hey, Locke, you got to take a back seat there, bud. <laughs> yeah, that ain't, that ain't going to happen. Well, I think sure. a lot of teams would, would sign up There's for that. There's not really oh, yeah. any teams that wouldn't, uh, other than other than save the Chiefs. You know, I mean, that guy, I don't know, I don't um, know how that guy makes uh, – 
I mean, he was throwing to people yesterday that I'm like, was that a fan? (laughs) (laughs) Was that a fan that just ran on the, caught a touchdown pass? Um, Yeah. No, I mean, the reality of it is this, is Locke has largely been a product of the ineptitude of the whole offense. It's not, it's not directly attributed to him, him alone. Now, obviously he's contributed, contributed to it. I think yesterday, so we were recording this Monday, October 26th. Um, yesterday I saw him stare down receivers. I saw him not even glance over at wide open receivers, uh, that, you know, some running underneath where he was just staring down the deep receiver. Uh, I saw him scream you know, scramble into pressure where he had a clean pocket. And because his first option wasn't open, he started running. Um, And so I think he just needs to, he just needs to be able to read the field and not fall back into the footwork problems that have plagued his whole career up to this point. Throwing off the back foot. You see, you see for periods of time, he'll clean up his footwork, but then he'll regress right back into it when things aren't going right. And you saw a lot of that yesterday that, the dude looked like he was running backwards on half of his throws. Like, like, and that, that, that is, I don't care how talented, or even if you can read the field, you're not going to be successful when you do that. Your footwork has to be solid. You have to be, you have to be able to throw from a solid base, uh, unless you're Patrick Mahomes, but that's a <laughs> once in a 50 year period type of player there. Um, that dude could throw left-handed while jumping and it's going to be completed. It's unreal. Um, that's stupid. It's unreal, but I mean, we saw a lot of that in the last in this in this last game, and uh, I think it is kind of a product. It's 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 a product of him as well as a product of the ineptitude of the whole offense. You know, getting the pressure up the middle, Kevin, like you were talking about earlier, you get that pressure up the middle often enough, you start to you start to see ghosts. Essentially, you start to you start to see ghosts, and and I was talking to Ian during the game. I was like, it just looks like he's he's seeing ghosts at time. Like there's no pressure up the middle and he would run to he would run into pressure looked a little sam darnold like a little bit at points yeah and 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 i think sam darnold is also to a certain degree a product of the ineptitude of that team um obviously he's had a lot more time and he's had a lot more uh starts and time to develop so uh he's probably he's probably got less of an excuse than uh Drew Locke has at this point um, but yeah, and I was looking at Drew Locke's, and you guys may have already seen this. I posted this. This is per Andrew Mason on Twitter. Um, his game by game, uh, QBRs. Okay. For his starts so far. Okay. 44.4 in his first start. So I'm just kind of going down 44.4 against the LA Chargers last year. 98.7 against Houston. Great game. Fantastic game. Um, 14 against Kansas City last year. Gonna happen. 54 against Detroit. 37.9 against Oakland to finish off the season. Going into 2020, 60.8 against Tennessee, which was okay. decent enough. Uh, kind of throw out Pittsburgh, 3.3, but that was only on five, five pass attempts. Yeah, we're, we're throwing that one out. So, um, 20.2 against New England, which I don't think tells the whole story. I think that we th- we all thought he played a little bit better than his he did 100%. Uh, and then KC 19.7. Mm-hmm. 
So in his nine starts, he has two that would be considered better than average. Um, and the rest have been below average. Uh, again, I'm not out on lock. I, I, I know I'm, I'm kind of highlighting some negatives here because I don't think we should ignore them. Um, and I, and I, I don't care if he plays six terrible games in a row over the next six games. I still think he should be the starter through the end of the season because we did spend a high draft pick on him and we, we know that, go ahead. I wonder what Peyton Manning's rookie season would have been if they would have had those, those numbers. Cause I mean, I think he statistically had the worst rookie season of like almost all time. <laughs> Actually, I think John Elway's was worse. Could have so, yeah, I mean, so, so you know. The, yeah, the first... yeah, Peyton Manning's, he, he set the rookie record for touchdowns and interceptions in the same year. Yeah. So, yeah, Peyton Manning's first 10 games, he was 2-8. and eight. He <laughs> had 28 I'm not, interce- I'm not counting wins and losses. <laughs> he had 20. Okay. So, he had 28 interceptions, set the all-time rookie record for interceptions. Elway was atrocious his first year. Mm-hmm. His first 10 mm-hmm. games, he had seven TDs and 14 interceptions. It was a different league in, in both cases. Yeah. Um, Harder but, to, um, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, cl- clearly, uh, you know, those guys weren't given up on, and it turned out okay. Yes. Agreed. And, and again, I'm, I'm, I'm one of the guys that's like, hey, you sometimes with a, new, a young guy, you got to suffer through it a little bit. You got to suffer suffer through some of the low points, so I I I don't I, I, <laughs> I hope that's made clear here because that's been my stance with quarterbacks in the past as well, um, and I think that that should continue to be the stance. I just don't I just don't think we should have a double standard. I shouldn't say hey he was a high draft pick so uh, now we should uh, suffer through you know the next. I think the only quarterbacks know, that I was seasons, I think the only quarterbacks that I was just like yeah. Get him go. It was probably Paxton Lynch and Brock Osweiler. Because there was a period, there was a period of yeah. time with Trevor Simeon where I was like, you might want to pay this guy. But then everything yeah. just went. But then, yeah. But then, as as we discussed on this show, even at that time, he had a he had a bad rough patch, and we were out. You know. Yeah. Even after, and that and that's and that's kind of. It's 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 even harder to say you should move on from someone when they hit a rough patch when they hadn't had one yet in their career. Yeah, because most QBs are gonna hit a rough it's, patch. But 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 then but then but you know, younger guys, we're well we're willing to not see even a good patch, but then say, Hey, we gotta let him suffer. Uh so again, back then I'm I was of the mindset that you gotta let him suffer a little bit and I'm still of that mindset. I just think we shouldn't change on a case by case basis because we like a certain guy better or because a certain guy was drafted higher. I still don't him. like Simeon as a starting NFL quarterback and that apparently has, the apparently the rest of the league agrees. That but that has nothing to do with this, Is he on the this Texans, specific right? topic. Practice Ta- squad. Titans. Oh the Titans are right, the Titans. Titans, yeah. Um well I mean how many starts did he get since then? Oh, I don't think he's had nine. exactly one. Yeah, one. Oh, and one. So, so yeah. yeah, that was so for I, Kirk I don't Cousins, think... right? He, yeah, he wasn't going to dethrone a thirty million dollar guy. Yeah. That's number one. Um, but <laughs> he that's, might actually be better than Kirk again. Cousins. I'm not trying to get back into that conversation. I'm talking about at the time. We're talking about Drew Locke at the time that he was suffering. I think we should stick with him, and we should 
be willing to go through those suffers. And then same thing at the time when he was when Simeon was suffering through us or with us, you should be able willing to stick with the guy for a little bit, especially when he had already shown so much. Uh, that's all I'm saying. Yeah, don't call um, for their head when they start getting. A little... That's that's the point that I'm making. So don't let's not make this about a certain quarterback versus a certain quarterback. Stick with a guy if you are invested in him, and uh, give him a real opportunity. I, I think I did text at one point. Uh, I'd rather see Rippin at this moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I, and it's not to say that in the moment you don't want that. Like in the moment. When oh yeah, dude, I was shaking my TV. I mean, I'm you're surprised like, dude, I still have pixels. Anyone will be better than this right now, and that's. But like, I wouldn't have been upset if Rippin had come in and played some of that game. But I would say, Drew Lock should still start the next game. Right. You know oh, I mean? oh, hundred percent. Yeah. So it's yeah, not saying we should. Yeah. Anyways, um, next topic. <laughs> next yeah, topic. Please. We have two games coming up against the. Is it the Chargers and the Falcons? Yes. Okay, Chargers and Falcons. If we do not win these two games, season's over. Okay. Now, of course. I'm kind of looking at this as in a situation of we are in a season, a weird season where there's an expanded playoff. There's an extra wild card. I would still rather us get in the playoffs than do this tanking for Trevor. I'm not someone who likes to tank. Kevin, you've made the merits of not necessarily. I don't think you necessarily like to watch the team tank, but at the same time you're like, Hey, we may as well get a high draft pick if the season's wasted anyway. Definitely understand those merits. I definitely understand that thinking. It's just not what I like or what I uh, agree with. So I would still rather slide, slip into the playoffs at like a low playoff seating than, you know, than say, hey, look, we're not winning the Super Bowl anyway. Let's let's just get out. I think, especially if you can get a guy like Drew Locke, if you can get him a game or two of playoff experience, that's going to go a long way still. not to say Not to say, Kevin, that you've ever said, if you have a playoff shot that you shouldn't take it. So I'm not, I don't want to, I don't want to try and put that on you, but, um, but if we do not, if we do not win these next two games, the season's pretty much over reason being the chargers and the Falcons are both winnable games. Okay. Chargers got a good looking quarterback in Justin Herbert. That's for sure. But it was only this past week that they finally were able to translate that to actually getting a win. Right. And the Falcons, they're the Falcons. Like they just blow every game they're in. Uh, and after that, and, and I know, I think Kevin, you said, if we're, if we go in the halfway mark, we're four and four, that's a pretty good, like we're, we're doing okay. After this onslaught of a first half of the season played the Titans, the Steelers, the Bucks. I mean, that's true. If we, if we can get to the halfway point and be four and four, then I think that we have a chance to actually start seeing guys progress hopefully because everything looked terrible this past week chiefs can do that to teams though um but beyond that if we do not win those two games let me pull up the schedule here maybe you guys already have it but if i if we pull up the schedule the rest of the season is going to be real difficult if we cannot find a way to win those games chargers and falcons right and then it's the raiders which are a better team than their record and they've they've kind of shown that uh, they got blown out by the Bucks. So did we. Um, but they also beat the Chiefs. Uh, so the Raiders and then the Dolphins is, is in my opinion, the last like really like, hey, we should win that game. Okay. The Dolphins. Then it goes New Orleans. 
New Orleans Saints, Kansas City Chiefs again, Carolina Panthers, who look good, and they'll have McCaffrey back, uh, Buffalo Bills, Chargers again, which is like, again, that's kind of like one of those toss-up games, and then the Raiders again to close out the season. So if we if we do not win, I would say both of these next two games, we're going to be in real trouble. Because even if we split those two games, we're going to be at 3-5 and five with that stretch still to go. And that doesn't sound appealing. What do you guys think? You go ahead, Kevin. Oh, for, as far as the rest of the season goes, mm-hmm. I have no idea. None. <laughs> Just throwing in the flag. I don't None. know. <laughs> I can't. I mean, that's. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think I think these next two games are winnable. But Ke- Ian, well, I guess Kevin's keeping that one sweet and short. Ian, why don't you go? Um, I think Chargers. I know you said, uh, you know, Herbert, you know, just got his first win, which he did um, against Jacksonville. It's not surprising on that. But uh, you have to remember he was beating the Chiefs by 17 points, the Bucks by like 17 points, and their defense blew the lead. He had a chance to come out of all those games winners. Mm -hmm. So we know who we got to worry about. It ain't their defense. We got to worry about him. Yeah. Uh, so I think it's a it's a it, we can beat the Chargers. We can beat the Chargers. Yes. Now, the Atlanta Falcons just <laughs> let them get like seventeen points ahead of us. Just let them beat themselves, and then they'll just beat themselves. You just let show Todd, up. Let Todd Gurley just show up and be like, "Hey, man, I'm gonna." Uh, I'm going to try to fall down on the one-yard line, but I just got to <laughs> slide into the end zone like an idiot. I was like, and then they, and then when TJ Hawkinson had that, uh, it touched out at the end of the game was when the, when the minutes no. were running out. Yeah. I was like, uh, and, um, but yeah, I mean, that is the team other than us. I think, I think it's one, a one B with the Broncos Atlanta. Hey, you know how to go. You know, other other than the Murphy's you know, Law teams, yeah, like you know, oh, oh, you got, oh, you guys are up, you guys are up. This is going for two years for us. You guys are up a couple, couple scores. Pfft. Guess what? Hold my beer. <laughs> and then just, <laughs> they, they, I mean, they, they should have won. They, they shouldn't be. What are they? What are they? One and six. They should, they should easily have three. Or they four should wins. easily be like five and two. Yeah. I mean, I mean, they're throwing. I mean, I think. Matt and Ryan throws for like 500 yards a game. Yeah. I mean, that's a little, I mean, I'm exaggerating, but yeah, it's, it's, in, it's insane. That, the point know, is they, clear. Yeah. <laughs> so I think, I think if we keep it close to both of those games, I think we could win both of them. But if we don't win, we have to win. We have to at least split. That's, I mean, that's what everybody thought when we were going into the two games against the Patriots. And the Chiefs. Because that time, everybody thought the Patriots were a pretty good team. Better than they look now. Better than they look now. I mean, they're, <laughs> they're like, oh, you you know, either you, hopefully you can win two, but you have to split. Have to split the two. Um, and then, you know, we went in there and we're like, yeah, dude, we beat the, we beat the, we beat the, uh, the Patriots. And then we watched them play and we're like, what? Nah, they just suck. Yeah. Where yeah, Cam Newton's done. 
didn't end up meaning much. So it was kind of crazy. This is just a side note. Uh, we we won that game on with 18 points, uh, all field goals. Buffalo Bills did the same thing over the Jets this weekend. Six field goals, 18 to 10. <laughs> I don't know what I don't know what the hell, I don't happen? know what happened to Two Buffalo Bills, man. Yeah, not gonna get into that, but. Uh, I would. I mean, I kind of. I kind of already made my points clear on this. It's just. I. I. I know you're saying you think we should split. I think the season's over if we split. As far as trying to make the playoffs, season certainly. It's going to be hard. It, it, it will definitely be hard. It will but, be hard because of the schedule where you got to play the Saints and you got to play the Chargers again, depending depending on how we play them. We got to play. The, I mean, the Bills. The Chiefs again. I don't think the Bills are as bad as their last couple weeks. I'm going to say that. I really I don't, don't like. They yeah, didn't I don't look think good so this either, week. but. But they've 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 played and they've beat some good teams. Uh, and oh yeah, Josh Allen was going for MVP until these last two, yeah, stinkers that he put up. Yeah. So, man, I just, I think I think if we go five and three or, or three and five going into that the second half of the season, it's just it's going to be insurmountable. No, it's going to be with, hard to come back from that with with such a young team. We don't have. As Kevin, the point that he's made many times, the leadership is lacking. We don't have that leadership. So if you zero, go in we don't have that, one leader on that team. Not yeah, if one. You, if you go in that like low, or you know three and five, then that stretch of schedule is just going to be too I mean, much. Dude, to they overcome. barely have a boss. That's true. I mean, they barely have a boss. <laughs> they don't even have an owner. And they're like, ah, that is very hey, true. Hey, 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 uh, hey, Melvin, you want to go out and get some? Want to get some drinks? <laughs> yeah, Tim Patrick continues to look good. Do like him? I do like Tim. Tim Patrick. Patrick continues to look good, and as we were saying, most of the defense looked good in this game. Garrett Bowles looked good. Lindsey looks good. Surprisingly, for as many injuries we've had on that defensive end, they the people that they plugged in off practice squad, you know, next man up mentality. They've really, I mean, other than, I mean, really, other than the Bucks game, they've. The defense has kept it winnable in yeah, every and, game. And the fact that I mean, we should have beat the Pittsburgh Steelers, which is the only AFC team should've, left. Should have beat them. That is uh, that is undefeated. The and then the Titans—they were undefeated until they faced the Steelers. Yeah. We should have won that game too. Bucks shouldn't have won that game. That game we got easily beat. Um, yeah. And then we, you know, then we won a couple in a row before you play the goat, bro. Before meeting the Almighty Chiefs. Uh, they are still the class. Like they are still the class of the AFC. It's just oh, yeah. the truth. It sucks because we hate the Chiefs even more than we hate a lot of other AFC teams. Um, but you can't deny their talent, who they are, and how well coached they are. I mean, they, Andy Reid's not known as one of the greatest coaches of all time for no reason. Oh, dude. So, he's, anyways, he's the greatest coach playing right now. You might be right. I know you're kind of putting a slide on Bill Belichick on that one, but I don't. I don't think yeah, you're Bill Belichick. Wrong. Bill Belichick without Brady, yeah, ain't looking too good. Andy Reid does have Mahomes though. Let's just say that. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's go ahead and move on. We'll move on here. Uh, next segment is so we're gonna we're gonna transition to our checkdown segment uh, before we kind of close up with kind of what our expectations is for the game against the Chargers. Um, but for weekly checkdowns, uh, Ian. Do you have any uh, checkdowns for us this week? Let's start with you. 
Yeah, I saw something that was kind of funny, and you ended up posting it, but I heard about it before. <laughs> okay. Yeah. There's nobody on the active roster that has beaten the Chiefs. <laughs> oh, that, that is, is embarrassing. Sick, dude. Like, you know what our nobody, last one Because, I, mean, I mean, the only other one would have been Von Miller. Yep. Would've only guy. Yeah, only guy. Week two of 2015. The last time we Isn't beat the Chiefs. sad? And we almost didn't beat him in that game. I don't know if you remember that game very well. Oh, I remember that game. Oh, I that was remember that game. That was game. Uh, okay, I'll, I'll jump in here. I'll jump in here with uh, with mine, uh, or at least one of mine, I should say. Uh, yesterday, this is per Andrew Mason. Yesterday, the Broncos became the 35th team since 1991 to allow no third-down conversions and fewer than 300 yards while posting at least four sacks and one takeaway. <laughs> However... Wow. None of these 35 teams had allowed more than 24 points. The Broncos allowed 43. That is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Kevin, go ahead. Our, that's because our offense was on their – our offense was their offense. Yeah. It so, uh, speaking of the Chiefs matchup, uh, Kansas City and Denver are two of the original AFL teams. Yes. So, they have been playing head-to-head since 1960. Uh, the current head-to-head um, uh, standings between these two teams, Chiefs have won. They've played 120 times. Chiefs have won 65. Broncos, 55. Mm-hmm. Now, 10 games ago, we were even, 55-55, right? But Chiefs we have run off 10 Before in a row. Before this stretch, yeah. But, so, but, he, but here, here's the interesting point. Um, in this entire head-to-head history, the Chiefs and the Broncos have only played one time. They've only met once in the playoffs. And that was 1998. Broncos beat the Chiefs 14-10. to Elway versus Elvis Gerbach. And that was in route to winning the Super Bowl that year. Super that would have been Bowl, the yeah. second of their back-to-back Super Bowl. So we played them once in the, in the playoffs, and we did beat them. So there you go. Let me get that in. <laughs> get that that's true we we have we have the playoff lead on them um and we've also been to more super bowls than they have go ahead ian oh uh, hold on hold on let me uh it was uh, there's one there's one you posted that was like i remember watching that game oh really yeah 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 i watched it with that for the first time in more than a quarter century broncos start 0-3 oh. at home Broncos are 0-3 at Old Mile High to start 94. Third loss was the memorable Monday night showdown between Elway and Montana. Yeah, that's when he played for Kansas City. That's when he played. That was like regarded as regarded as one of the best football games ever played. Yeah, 1994. I remember watching that game and watching my. You were a little too young. I was three. Yeah, I just remember watching my dad. (laughs) Yeah, you uh, wasn't having a great time. Oh, I bet, I bet <laughs> that would have been uh, rough. To it was watch. Such I've a seen, good I've game. seen many highlights of that game, but it I've never. So, I mean, if you watch the whole game, you can you can still find the whole game on like YouTube. Oh, I believe it. I believe. Oh, it. it's a great I'm game sure. to watch. Yeah, I might have to, uh, except the inevitable loss that we ended up taking. That would be hard to watch. So this is actually very close to alignment with what I was saying in the last checkdown. Only once in Broncos history have they allowed more than. I'm sorry, only once in Broncos history have they allowed more points 
when surrendering fewer than 300 yards like they did today. We allowed 286 yards, 43 points. Back in 1965, October 31st, Halloween night of 1965, the Broncos gave up 45 points to the Jets while allowing just 203 yards. I got to find that That game on YouTube. (laughs) That's unreal. (laughs) And that's almost... Almost that's pre- like what happened yesterday. That might have been Joe Namath's rookie year, maybe. I think it might have been. 65 or 66, I think he started, but I'm sure I'll be fat. Will, I'll dig into that between now and next week. So I have yeah. one. Um, you know, Fangio is is getting maligned, right? I mean, the team's not playing particularly well, and he's the head coach, but mm-hmm. he's still doing a great job with that defense, him and Donatel, as we've highlighted. Sure. And, and one of the bright spots is Malik Reed. And here's an interesting statistic. Malik Reed became just the sixth Bronco to notch at least two sacks in back-to-back games since sacks became an official statistic in 1982. Now, that is impressive. That's that's crazy. Four sacks in the last two games. We may have a future star on our hands. We might have him. We might well, have him. Let's just hope we don't do the Shaq Barrett tree. I thought the same thing. No. Oh, we... man, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> now he's playing on like the best defense, one of the best Lock defenses. Lock that dude up. Yeah, get Shaq Barrett. I mean, that guy's nuts. Yeah. And everybody yeah. knew he was nuts when we had him. Everybody wanted him. We're like, nah. And then we let him go. And So I got a couple quick takes from uh, Ryan O'Halloran from last night's game. Just close off the section, the segment with this. Um, Broncos missed seven tackles last night, which is tight, which was a season high. Uh, Twenty-eight of Locke's forty pass attempts did not travel beyond five yards downfield. Um, dang, Broncos sacks of Mahomes were two point oh nine, two point nine four, and two point nine six seconds. So those were actual pressure, quick to the quarterback sacks. Then we had one that was four point six four seconds. Uh, and the Chiefs rushed five or more on not only nine of Locke's 44 dropbacks. So it seems as though the uh, game plan against Driscoll's for defenses is quite a bit different than the game plan against Locke. Locke is drop, drop into coverage, make him read the defense, find the open spot, where Driscoll was just sending as many guys at him because he's going to fall under the pressure <laughs> right yeah. um anyways that was that was uh that was the, the weekly segments uh our weekly check down segment um moving on we have as we were talking about two important games let's start let's let's just look at the chargers game this week obviously justin herbert is the name to talk about on that team because of how he has stepped in and just lit it on fire I mean, almost won in duels against Tom Brady and the Buccaneers and against Drew Brees and the Saints. So he almost out-dueled two surefire Hall of Famers, one of which is regarded as, probably correctly regarded as, the uh, the, the greatest of all time. Yep. So Justin Herbert looks a little scary to have, if he turns into what it looks like he is turning into, to have him and Mahomes in our division looks like a scary decade and a half 
uh, looking forward, but we can maybe steal a win early on in his career. What? So looking at this game, uh, I think it's a very winnable game as we've talked about. What do you think it is that we need to do in order to not only keep the game close, uh, but what do you think our, our game plan should be predominantly in order to, uh, to get a win here against the Chargers? So, all right, I'll jump in. So, yeah, Justin Herbert, uh, I just had to look up his numbers. I mean, really are phenomenal. 12 touchdowns and only three interceptions. Uh, Mm -hmm. He's completing 67% of his passes. I mean, this guy is just looking prolific. The last three games, the Chargers have scored 31 points, 27 points, and then 39 points. Chiefs. We certainly slowed them down, so I think we have the capability of also slowing the Chargers down. And our offense, again, we just can't turn the ball over. Um, you know, having Lindsey back would be uh, a real shot in the arm. He's going to need to get through concussion protocol. Um, and it'll be interesting to see mm-hmm. how the team responds uh, to, uh, you know, really devastating loss to the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't have to. Tra- we don't have to travel. We're playing at home. Hard to believe we'd lose four straight, you know, in 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 mile high. Um, but um, yeah, the Chargers, I think, have surprised a lot of people um, with how well they've played. They don't have a lot of victories as, as we've discussed, but it clearly looks like they have a quarterback of the future. Uh, I think you know Drew Locke is probably paying attention to what Herbert's doing. That should give him a little extra motivation. Um, we're still waiting on our receiving group to step up, particularly Jerry Judy, yes, uh, who unfortunately has just not made things happen. Uh, so maybe this will be the week. But I, I think the key for us is, you know, no more than one turnover, um, getting Lindsey back, and then hopefully we can, you know, see Fant uh, return to his pre-injury form. Yeah, it needs to be at full health. Um, needs to be at full health, and let's see if Malik uh, Reed can get two more sacks. And then if he does, I predict <laughs> that, victory. Ooh, that would be great. Yeah, Ian, uh, let's go to you. What, uh, I mean, I think I think Kevin nailed a lot of the key points. But yeah, 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 I, pr- yeah I pretty much think yeah, I'm pretty much on the same um, level with Kevin. Um, yeah, I mean, I've, statistically, if you put her. Herbert's numbers against anybody, he might technically have like the best statistical start to any career I've ever seen. Um, it's it's insane. Um, but yeah, I think our offense can beat their defense because their defense is pretty weak. Um, the talent's there, we for sure. Yeah, the talent's there. I want I want Jerry Judy to definitely step up because. I know you might know this, Austin. I know Kevin definitely knows this. The last time we drafted a wide receiver in the uh, first round was Mr. Hawaii. Oh, no. Well, no, we we drafted... Um, Demarius Thomas was in the Demarius first Thomas round. in the first oh, round. Oh, yeah, my fault. Yeah, my fault. Yeah, 20 second pick. I was talking about Ashley Lilly, but yeah, I forgot about Demarius Thomas. But Ashley Lilly was... was <laughs> and having a, a fantastic career. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, he did. It was not bad. No, he no, did. no. I'm he talking about Thomas had a fa- fantastic career. Oh, Thomas had a great career. Yeah. Great Lee, career. not so much. Lee <laughs> had one thousand yard season, yeah. but it was a very quiet thousand yards. But uh, he was Rightfully not so. a top flight uh, player for us. No, 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 no. 
No, Drop not at all. But go on. But I think we got we got I think we got a chance that we can pull this game out. I don't. I think that after that that crap show that we sh- that 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 we had on on yesterday, there's no way that we roll back out there and do the same thing again. Mm. I think everybody's got to be a hundred percent focused. If they got to argue, slap each other, get in fights in the locker room, figure it out. Uh, yeah, Just I agree. Figure I, it out. Teams don't like to get embarrassed. You know these these are men. These are these are professional men. This is what they do for a living. Uh, teams don't like to get embarrassed, and they they got embarrassed, and that's just the reality of the situation. Uh, they embarrassed themselves. And I don't. That's what the I don't. Was. They embarrassed themselves. I don't think they're going to get embarrassed again. I definitely think it's going to be at worst a close game. Um, definitely not going to get embarrassed again. Uh, I would say I would put my money on that. And and Kevin, you nailed a lot of the key points in terms of what we have to do to win the game. I would, oh, yeah. I would add that I think there needs to be a heightened focus on pass defense in this game. Obviously, you look at you look at Justin Herbert's numbers and say, okay, you know, obviously you got to focus on pass. But I think I think one of the things that teams were well, a mistake that people were were maybe making uh, with him in these first few games of his career is, hey, this is a rookie. We're going to force him to throw the ball and force 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 him to to beat him with the arm and he started doing that so he i think he is beating him with the arm i think we need to flip the script a little bit we need to force the run game to beat us because remember they are without eckler um so they're just you know some sort of committee of justin jackson and uh joshua kelly at this point um which has not been potent. I, think, I think jackson might jackson might end up being injured oh really okay that's that's a point yeah. that i hadn't looked at but um but has not been an especially potent rushing attack at, to this point. Uh, most of it has been, of course, these last few weeks have been just Herbert throwing the ball all over the yard. And I think we need to put a focus on a lot of um, unique coverages. A lot, and, and Fangio is very good at that. He's very good at deceiving by with his coverages. So Fangio, I think, can definitely chalk that up. And I think we need to kind of continue – the, the kind of the breakaway that Fangio has done where he's been sending more people on the blitz uh, on obvious passing downs and not let him sit back there and, and, and read the, read the field uh, because he's had a lot of time in these games earlier in his career to just kind of sit back and read the field. And I think that we mm-hmm. maybe need to flip that a little bit too. So um, oh, I, I think we do that. And I think, I think that there's going to be a, a, a heightened focus this week on Drew Locke going through his progressions and not getting locked in on, on certain receivers. Um, no pun intended. I mean, even we look at drew Locke. I mean, if you go back and, and look at that game, there was, there were some plays where drew or, or where I'm sorry, we we're talking about Jerry Judy. Uh, there were some plays in this game that Jerry Judy had gotten open and, and locked didn't even look at him. And so there was, there were, there was times last, last week when they threw that interception, that second interception. Yeah. The late, late one. Yeah. Yeah. There was, there was nobody within, 15 I yards think we talked Jerry about Judy. that. Yeah, we talked about on yeah. the left-hand side of the field, this guy was wide open for mm-hmm. a deep touchdown. But um, So he's just got to – and I think there's going to be a heightened focus on that because last week maybe wasn't as heightened because they got away with a victory. Uh, didn't didn't happen this week. So I think there's going to be a heightened focus on him learning to go through the progressions and not get locked in on those first receivers. Uh, and as hard as it is to say because of how bad the offensive line has been, trust it. 
trust the offensive line and only only roll out and escape if you really need to. Um, I saw him do that several times where he rolled out of a, a clean pocket, you know, where he could have just sat in the pocket. And I think there's a there's a clock in people's heads and they feel like they need to roll out as soon as it hits three or four seconds or whatever. Or if their first read isn't open, you see guys start to roll out. So I think on all, the offensive side, so that's what I think. So defensively, we need to we need to put the pressure on the run game to beat us um, and put a lot of yeah. focus on the pass game. Offensively, it's going to be hard to, 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 to determine what I think the game plan should be because we don't, we don't know at this point what Lindsay's status is because if the status is Lindsay's healthy, no question you feed him the ball. The run, right, the offense is going to run through Lindsay. As we saw against Kansas city, the offense thrived when he was running the ball. If he's not in the game, the good thing that that does is it lets things be a little bit more unpredictable. Um, but if he's not in the game, I think you you got to put a little bit more quick pass in the game. Uh, get the oh, ball 100%. out of Locke's hands a little bit faster. I know he wants to go deep. I know he wants to be aggressive. I think I think the team wants to be aggressive and go deep, and. They've shown the ability to do that at times, but I think there's too much of a too much of a focus on it where you gotta let the underneath you gotta let the run game the combination of the run game and the underneath throws open up the deep passes. That's what's gonna mm-hmm. bring those safeties up and get some easy completions for luck. He's probably not feeling good coming out of this game. Not to say, as you stated, no he way. didn't seem to be down on himself, which is good. That's a good thing. Um but build his confidence early in the game. Get some, you know, quick slants. I mean, we've seen Judy's, we've seen his ability in terms of route running. The dude can get open on quick passes for sure. We just got to be able to feed the ball to some guys to get the ball out of Locke's hands quickly and let the playmakers go do it, you know? Let the playmakers yeah. go do it. Um, so that's what I think. Uh, what do you, What about predictions? Let's go with predictions. I'll start. I'll start. I don't think I've ever started. So I'll start. My prediction for this game, this game is in Denver. I think we win this game, which is hard for me to say with how poorly we played against the Chiefs, but I don't think they're going to want to get embarrassed again. I think they're going to come out angry, and they should. Um, I think we win this game at home, obviously against the Chargers. I think we score 24, so it's higher than our average, but still not lighting lighting everything on fire. I, I I think we win this game 24 to 20. What do you guys think? I think we do win this game. Like you said, we come out angry. There's no way we get mossed. And, uh, you know, come back with another rivalry that, you know, we lose. I'm, I'm saying we go 31-21. 31-21. Break the 30 barrier. I like it. Hope only so. got we only, only, done only it time once. we've done it is when Brett Rippon started, <laughs> but it was against the Jets. Too. Yeah, I know. Uh, Kevin, what do you think? So the odds makers uh, have installed the Chargers as three point favorites. No, no big surprise there. It's kind of a wash uh, at that point. Uh, three points is very small, but go ahead. 
Um, yeah, I don't know if they still give three points for home field. If they did, then effectively they're saying the Chargers are six points on a neutral field. But anyway, um, I think that the Broncos are going to play smarter. I think we're going to play an error-free game. Write that down, one of you guys. Error-free. Doesn't mean we won't miss a tackle or two or drop a pass, but no turnovers. No huge mistakes, yeah. No turnovers. I think special teams will step up, and I think we are going to win this game. Uh, I think Herbert is going to come back down the earth in this game. I think we're going to find a way to continue to put pressure on him. Look, if we can sack Mahomes four times, I feel pretty confident we can hit Herbert at least that many times and hopefully bring him down. Um, Part of my optimism is based on Lindsey being able to play. Uh, But if he suits up, I see the Broncos having their best game of the year and a 27-20 victory. I like it. I like it. We're all privi- all, all predicting three. a victory, and I like it's not. It. And I and I I don't think it's just because we want to get the bad taste of the Chiefs game against out of our mouth. I think that there's a there's a realism to win this game. We have played some hard teams up to this point in the season, so predicting losses was just kind of the <laughs> name of the game with playing yeah. the the Steelers and the Bucks and you know the Chiefs, obviously. And by um, the way, no team, no team other than the Chargers finds figures out creative and new ways of losing games. They have been doing that for the last twenty or thirty years. Uh, oh, the yeah, Chargers, 100%. the Chargers so, have. Yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. consist. They always lose close games. That's just what they do. Even with yeah. this kid Herbert, uh, but that's what we do too. <laughs> That's the yeah well, last the, two years. True. The the, the new Broncos uh, are the uh, the old Chargers, I guess. Oh, let's uh, hope no, that doesn't stick for any amount of time. Yeah, at all. we want to move. We don't off want that, that to stick. Uh, but I do feel good about this trend. game. I feel good about actually both the next two games. Obviously, what happens in this game will affect how I feel about the Falcons game too. But I do feel good about these next two games. I actually do think we're going to win both of them uh, and go into the halfway point at four and four. Uh, but it's gonna be there's gonna have to be some good coaching uh, and some some better play from the offense. It really is. By the way, quick note: first three weeks of the season, we were really kind of getting worried because there was no pass rush. Suddenly, our pass rush is ranked in the top ten. Wow! Yeah, no, we're good now. Completely Without... turned, or I think it's maybe at ten or right on the 10 or 11, right on the brink. It's on that. Yeah, I saw something. Without right on the brink. Yeah. We're pretty close. Yeah. Pretty and amazing. we've done it without. So it's, I mean, Fangio's gotten creative. He's gotten creative with ways to get pressure on the quarterback. And that is a testament to his de- defensive uh, ability and his mind and ability to get uh, creative defensively when, uh, when is needed. So uh, you got to give him credit in that, even if, you know, do give him credit on that. Yeah, even if things changes, are still kind of out in the Changes M.O. a little bit. Yeah, things are still up in the air in terms of his head coaching ability. His defensive coaching is still top-notch. Um, any any last words for, uh, for you guys? Ah, I think I'm pretty good. Nah, it's a wrap. Yeah, waiting for a That's win so we can have an upbeat podcast. Yeah, let's hope we have an upbeat podcast next week. <laughs> and we all, we all know there's only one way that's going to happen. And that's with a victory. So with a W. Yep. So hey, 
thank you, thank you everyone for tuning in. Obviously, you can always feel free to reach out to us um, through Anchor.fm uh, slash Debunked Podcasts. Obviously, subscribe, like, share, whatever you like to do with your podcast. We very much appreciate it. And from Kevin, Ian, and myself, thank you for listening to Debunked Podcast. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you.